Welcome to the Kew Gardens Festival of Cinema uh, Director's se Interview Series. Uh, we're here at Atees, and my name is John Fallon of the Indie Film NYC Podcast. And uh, if you guys would like to introduce yourselves. Yeah, I'm David Bizarro. I wrote, produced, uh, built the puppets, and puppeteered, and edited a bunch of other things on uh, this lovely film, The Pits. And I'm Mike Hayhurst. I directed, produced, and shot uh, this lovely short film, The Pits. <laughs> All right, well, tell me a little bit about The Pits. How did The Pits come about? Yeah, uh, so my friend Kathy Kim and I like to tell each other jokes via AIM. And one day she had sent me this photograph of two felted avocados holding hands. And we started riffing on different jokes about the avocados and what lives they live. And we started talking about how sad it would be if the avocado couldn't find its other half and how it would need to fill its pit with something. And so we joked about it filling its pit with a leaf and with all these other objects. And as we talked about it more, I was thinking, oh, my God, this is kind of my life, you know, constantly searching for something to fill the void in myself. And so I wrote the script, made a storyboard. I started, like, roughly designing the puppets. And once I felt good about the story I'd reached out to Mike about helping mm -hmm. out in producing this uh, film yeah and that's how it started at that moment yeah yeah and we we shot over one day Long Island City and in Central Park we got up super early to beat all the tourists and I think at that moment at um, in Central Park I won't give away too much of our location in case uh, you want to see it and don't want it to be spoiled um, but we started to see the reaction between uh, the reaction that people would have to these puppets and to these characters and I think at that moment we thought oh maybe we have something here that we we shouldn't just kind of put straight up onto our Facebook or straight up onto YouTube maybe we try and get this into some festivals maybe we try and kind of get the word out there and, and really show this in a much kind of wider way and I think it's it's testament to the story testament to the characters that David built um, and the kind of the, the story that we crafted kind of on the streets of New York really yeah yeah and so I mean was it that story that drew you in like what what was the tipping point was it just this is my buddy and, and he's doing something I'm going to help out or we we have a very I feel like we have a very honest friendship uh, <laughs> you know and I he feels like but there's things I don't tell him <laughs> You gotta um, keep him, you know, on his toes. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I think there's when when he mentioned it, I I had that same reaction that most people do, which is you know you think of half an avocado trying to fill the void, and it it just gives you that re like that feeling of of kind of sadness and longing, mm -hmm. and immediately that drew me in. And I, you know, I like very very small, very personal stories that happen to deal with kind of universal themes and then anyone kind of has has a way into this story you know that these puppets they they have no age they have no gender they have no race or ethnicity or anything like that and so we've you know we played some children's film festivals and, and it's accessible to kids like they they project themselves onto this thing and we've played some kind of late night slightly drunken kind of puppet fan yeah. uh, festival blocks and it's, you know, it could be, we've had people say, oh, it's like me in my 20s, I moved to New York, I got into drugs and like trying to find something to kind of entertain myself with. And, you know, those, those kinds of stories are kind of rich for, for telling, I think. And, yeah. uh, and so that, that was what drew me in. And any opportunity to work with, with David is a, 
you know, is a good opportunity. I think. My goodness. Sure. Yeah, and we've been, so. you know, we've been doing a few projects together for quite some time. We've got a uh, annual video that we do every year where we annual is every year, but <laughs> we uh, we do this thing where we do a one take of all the Oscar nominees and we have all these puppet characters that are featured on my YouTube channel, Bizarro Studios, and we just do one continuous take of all of them doing an homage to each film, each best, each best picture. Okay. And so that's where part of where we had started like working together yeah. making puppet ba- puppetry-based videos. Uh, and so when I thought about who do I want to work with on the pits, you know, Mike was a no-brainer. You know, we're close friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife and I are close friends. We do puppetry together. And it just seemed to make sense because he'd understand what the story needs, uh, not just to stay true to the story, but also to what the puppetry would need to be represented on film. So you guys have been uh, making puppets for a while? I mean, this, is, this wasn't a new thing for you? No. Well, yes and no. The puppetry is fairly new to me as far as myself being in the puppetry scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only been doing puppetry for about five years now, coming on six, I think. And so when I approached the film, it's definitely my first time doing puppetry uh, in this form. Before, like I've worked on documentaries and worked on films before, but it was always with people, with human actors, sure. uh, or just you know, uh, not you know this sort of medium. So when I was first thinking about how we'd execute it, I was very careful because I just didn't want to like run to anybody, especially if they didn't have any experience with puppetry, because mm-hmm. they might want the puppets to do something that they shouldn't be doing or are incapable of doing. Mm-hmm. And so since Mike has had the experience mm-hmm. with me and also knows how I like to work, mm-hmm. uh, it just made sense. Yeah, I think there's two two kind of sides to it. There's the, the storytelling with puppets and how you use puppets to convey character and story and things like that. And there's also the logistics of working with puppets and puppeteers. And puppeteers need, they need a monitor to be able to see what the camera sees. So they know where the eye line is for the puppet, for where they are in the frame, for things like that, because they're kind of crammed in tiny spaces or laying on the floor. We had an outtake, uh, a scene that didn't make the final cut on the subway. And David was there laying on the floor of the New York City subway, kind of puppeteering above his head <laughs> and the the commitment that puppeteers have to this craft is is remarkable and I think as as directors as producers our first AD all of our kind of team however small that team is uh, that team really does know and understand kind of what um, what what puppeteers need and also I mean it's the same for any kind of performer or, or talent if you want to use that phrase you know sure. making it as comfortable as them as possible so we can capture the performance that they can give uh, on on camera, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, are there special considerations for like how, how like how you're shooting, like how the puppeteers? Um, we Absolutely. yeah, and I think um, for for this one, we looked a lot at how big is this character, how big is this puppet in relation to the world around it, mm-hmm. and that I mean in terms of kind of lenses and and things like sure. that. How high off the ground is this character? Yeah. And, you know, we can't say, well, he's, he's six inches tall. Well, David needs to be below that six-inch height. So yeah. how, how low can we get to the ground uh, to then film, you know, above his head uh, with this puppet? So yeah. there, there was a lot. We, you know, we did some screen tests. We, we location scouted. You, you bring your yoga mats and your blankets and just get down on the floor, <laughs> down on the streets. Yeah, we had to make it work because... 
you know, this character is only about almost a foot tall. And so when you are shooting him and I'm on the ground laying on my back with, you know, my hand clenched close to my chest with the puppet right above my head, uh, the camera has to be at the right angle so that this thing still looks like it's six inches tall or 12 inches tall Mm -hmm. when it's, you know, really hovering maybe two feet off the ground. And so it gets it gets tricky because you're dealing with scale and perspective and all these things. Um, So, yeah, it was definitely a. A long, not a long conversation, but a good conversation to see how to treat it to make it work right. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I guess I would never even, having never shot puppets myself. Yeah. You know, I, I, obviously, if I was going to, I would start to think about those logistics. But uh, yeah, you, know, it, you don't think about perspective. For sure, you, you don't. And I think one of the the great things about working with you, the number of times that I have worked with you, we we have a we have a kind of the same language now, mm-hmm. and we know. There's just certain things that we can expect from each other. And if things aren't working on your end, you'll say it. Yeah. If things aren't clear or aren't working on my end, I'll say it. And we we have the conversation. We work through it. Yeah, there's an um, honesty with us that it's really important in just story crafting. If you're doing it live or if you're doing it for YouTube or whatever, telling a story to your children, you have to be honest to the story and honest to whoever you're mm-hmm. collaborating with. Right. And if you can't be honest, you're going to end up having a horrible, horrible breakup with that person <laughs> that's worse than anybody that you may have ever dated mm-hmm. because you've got this baby involved, which sure. is your story. Sure. And so yeah. the fact that we can be honest and, and just say, like, I really don't think that's working. I know that you love it, but I don't think it works. Or it's like, I know you thought that didn't work, but I love it. And I think it is working. And I think we should fight for this. Mm. And since we have that dialogue, we're able to craft a very honest story. Yeah, sure. And so how does that inform? Because obviously you guys came in with a story. I'm assuming a script as well. Yeah. And now, how fluid is that script or the process? Because How dealing, fluid? Yeah, how fluid? Or, or are you locked into that script? Or, or do these yeah. collaborations, you know bring out emotions in different ways like there were some variations to the script i think so with this script it's it's really a silent film because there's no dialogue right uh and so it wasn't really written like a traditional script where you have like you know your heading and your action and then you've got lines 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 action lines 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 Mm -hmm. instead it was like you know the the character does this Mm -hmm. and it feels like this about that and so so you, you a lot write of write your emotions into the script. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, because we wanted to understand, you know, how these characters needed to feel feel in those moments. Mm-hmm. And so when we were uh, started collaborating on the script, one of the questions that Mike had raised is like, "Okay, well, which one is the boy? Which one is the girl?" And I was like, "Man, that's a really good question." And the more that we discussed it, it was like, "You know what? Neither neither one is a boy or a girl." Because we had discovered that this story is since it is so universal, we needed to strip away the gender roles. Sure. And just so that anybody could say, like, oh, that main character is me. Whether right. they're a woman, a man, someone who identifies as anything else, that is who they are. Right. And so when we were writing the script, we made sure to, like, not put he moves. We just put avo or kado moves. Uh-huh. And so that was a lot of what yeah. we had discussed when uh, I brought the script over to Mike. Yeah, I think and when, when you have a story that's so short, we're talking about five or six kind of scenes here so it's really distilling that story down to its essence and each each scene what do we need to achieve in this scene that drives the uh, drives the story forward to the next scene right 
And if we have a scene that gives us the same thing as another scene, well, maybe we don't need that. Maybe, and maybe, I mean, this runs at three minutes, 11 seconds. Sure. And that's how long it takes to tell this story. Right. Um, yeah. And so there were a couple of scenes that we shot that didn't make the final cut. And I think it's part of that dialogue and yeah. that kind of back and forth. And we really loved those scenes. Like the scene, there's this great, we were like, okay. Because for me in a film, when I'm watching a film and someone's in New York, and they're like in Queens, and then all of a sudden they're in Manhattan. It's like, okay, how the hell did that person get to Manhattan? Right. They didn't just show up. Did they take a car? Did they take a train? Did they ride a bike? What do they do? And so while we were shooting, it was important to both of us to show how you know Avo got from Astoria to Central Park. How did that happen? And so we're like, all right, he would take this train, and he would go this way, and he'd go that direction. Uh-huh. And so we shot this whole sequence of mm-hmm. Avo getting on the train, riding the train, sitting next to people on the train, mm-hmm. like all this great yeah. stuff. And it was really lovely and beautiful. But once we put it into the story, it just slowed everything down. Yeah, sure. and it was like completely unnecessary. And I realized, oh, that's why people that's don't put those in the films because it, it doesn't work. It, do- yeah. it doesn't it matter. Just, uh, it doesn't matter. Right. It's like you're they get there, they're there. Anything. Yeah. Right. You're not- you, you're not yeah. conveying information or emotion. Yeah, exactly. That's important to anybody. Yeah, um, you. This, yeah. yeah, you can see some pictures, some behind-the-scenes pictures yes. on our Facebook page. We did put them on there: facebook.com/slash/thepitsfilm. Sure. And yeah, David braving the floor of the New York subway. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, should, he should get extra credit just for I that. I think he should do. <laughs> I think he should do. Well, I got an extra tetanus shot, so <laughs> well. that'll keep me going. <laughs> <laughs> Probably much needed. Yeah, um, but we learned a lot. We learned a lot by making this film, even though it's you know a easy three minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> we learned so much by writing the story because sure. it's had to be so mm. specific. Well, but that's part of it, right? Is that making a story so short and compact? Every you know, there's no dialogue, but every little every second counts. You know, not like a feature. You can't have. You could have a throwaway scene. Absolutely. In a feature. You know, and then sometimes you have to have yeah. a throwaway yeah. scene in a feature because you want to bring that pace down or, or whatever the reason might be. Yeah. yeah. But with this, like, everything is you see is so important. Yeah, there's, you know? there's yeah. very little room for error. Right. And yeah. I, I, I guess I feel that more and more, you know, watching this, watching this the number of times that we have done and l- talking to people who have seen it. Yeah, yeah like you say, like every second is yeah. precious. Right. Every second counts, and there's no... I mean, I, I vividly remember my first time screening this film was, you know, it's like, oh, what is this silly little thing? What what What's going on? Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I got to the end, and it was just like, wow. that You know, because I, I thought it was a little bit, I don't know, maybe I wasn't thinking about it, but I didn't really know where it was going, you know? Sure. Like, I didn't know how it would resolve. I mean, I'm mm. sure, like... You know, I get the whole pit and empty thing. You know, I, I, I probably thought that would happen at some point, but I didn't know how it would happen. Right. I didn't know it would be so, I don't know, cute's the wrong word, but, you know, it, yeah. it, but it was fulfilling. You know, it's, it wasn't, you know, it starts off with, a, you know, it feels tongue-in-cheek. Right, but then right. What it says is not tongue-in-cheek. It, yeah. it really is, you know, a nice message. And so, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you. I give you guys kudos I, for... Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate a, it. Uh, you know, fine little moment, really. Yeah. Thank you. I, th- I think it's interesting the way people kind of view puppetry in a lot of ways. And, you know, we, we come into a, quote, puppet film thinking, well, maybe this is just for kids. Maybe this is going to be light and, <laughs> you know, fluffy and not really have any real, sure. you know, resonance to it. 
Yeah. Um, and I think it's yeah a testament to the characters that you built and kind of brought to life and, and how we... Oh, shucks. Thank you. Kind of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, have a, um, I have a good friend who does puppetry as well. Great. Mm. Uh, she just made a short film that she just finished, so it, she hasn't started submitting yet okay. to the festival. So it's not in this one. But, is she uh, in the city somewhere? Yeah. Uh, her film is called Creative Block, and uh, she's going to kill me because I can't remember her last name right <laughs> off the top, but it's Nicola. Um, I'll get you guys the information. I'll, I'll send you yeah, that'd be great. Information I'll just check that out. That'd be awesome. Should be somebody fun to connect with. But yeah, you know, she battles that all the time. As as far as you know, puppets are for kids. But you know, but man, it's tough. Yeah. Like when I when we had this film finally edited, uh, I reached. I didn't know who to reach out to to figure out where we should put this. Because the, the the discussion after finishing with Mike and I was okay. What festivals do we submit to? Mm-hmm. What kind of film is this? And because it's puppetry, and we have our own uh, biases mm-hmm. about puppetry, which is puppetry is for kids, especially when it's cute, right. we're like, oh, well, we'll just submit to kids' films. That's what we do. And so I uh, got very brave, and I reached out to some of my heroes in puppetry. Uh, specific, one specifically is Joey Mazzarino, who is, was a writer and director on Sesame Street. He's done Muppets. He's done like all this amazing puppetry work. And I sent it to him, and I was like, okay, he should know where I need to put this thing because he's got, we'll have a very good opinion about it. And he was like, this is, you know, he loved it. And he was like, so where, where are you planning on putting it? And I was like, Oh, we're going to send it to here and here. He's like, don't do that. This is a film for everyone. You didn't make a kid's film. You made a film for everybody. And that's what kind of helped my mind shift and realize like, Oh, right. Cause these are not issues that really kids directly deal with. These are issues that we all deal with from any age. And once we let go of that thought of it, this being a kid's film, we started submitting to all of the films, yeah. festivals that we could. We started seeing them all come back going like, yes, we want this in this, in this block. We're putting this in mm-hmm. the narrative shorts block. We're sure. putting this in these adult festivals. And it was really inspiring because as a puppeteer and being in the community, I do see a lot of people complain about the fact that their work is not, uh, is not respected and not taken care of because in America we do think of puppetry as being just for kids and it's I mean it's partly because of Sesame Street and because of the Muppets and it's great because they put puppetry out there in our view but what's tough is as a puppeteer is to come out from that shadow of it being just for kids Uh, but it's encouraging I feel like I'm rambling now (laughs) (laughs) and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to wear a crown and announce this but it's encouraging that our film has done so well outside of the realm of children's yeah. entertainment. Right. Yeah. It makes me, uh, what's the word? Uh, feel very encouraged about the future of what we can do. Yeah, I, I feel that within within the puppetry genre, there is every genre of cinema in the same way there is with live action, like actor people type cinema. Right. You know, we have... Uh, you know, we have puppet comedy films and horror films and all these uh, all these different genres within the puppetry world. Um, and I think you know, it's it's a rich arena right, because puppetry is not a genre. Puppetry is exactly is a, is it's a, a method of storytelling. Right, it's, it's uh, a vehicle for movies. Just as exactly. animation, <laughs> stop motion animation is different from direct right. animation. Exactly, like all of those. Yeah, are not genres. I love that you said that. They're not right. genres. Yeah. They are methods of storytelling. Yeah, sure. yeah that's sure. yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I, I agree. That's the word I was trying to find. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, I will uh, 
put in for my producer's fee, on, uh, my public, <laughs> publicist fee. Oh, crap. <laughs> we, we have spare tetanus shots left over oh, from our do. shoot. Yeah, that I might still be have my have. tetanus kit. I can just, you know, give you a quick pump. That yeah. might be I'm all, all we have. I'm all for getting random shots from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's safe. I got a beard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he looks like a doctor. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I mean, you know, the other thing I heard mentioned was just kind of how, you know, this, this short feels like something that could play you know kind of as a mood setter for another piece mm. you know uh you know they do that a lot in, in uh children's films now you know mm, for they'll, sure they'll have like a 75 minute film and they'll play you know like the the, the short uh frozen short yes. yeah yeah well, so yeah you know was this ever crafted in that way like did you ever foresee that you would use this as something had no so much emotion to we it? we definitely thought it was important to convey the emotion through our acting uh but we we didn't see it as sort of like a pixar short at first uh we just saw it as a very specific standalone story but as we started to show it to friends and we started hearing people say like wow this is just like a pixar short which is actually a huge compliment because the pixar shorts are incredibly beautiful and rich stories Mm -hmm. that are being told by masters and so when we started hearing that we started realizing like this is this is up there with those yeah and again i think when we're trying to when we are trying to pitch this film when we are trying to explain to festivals and to programmers like this isn't this isn't like just a kids thing like this is the feedback we've had we we find that kind of language with them to say no it plays a little like a pixar thing so if you can imagine you know before a feature like this is the kind of story this is um i think that's really helped not that this is an unusual film as such, but we've been in a number of festivals where we are the only puppetry film. Well, so it does feel just on its face. It, it feels like you're going to have a hard time programming it. You know, as a, as a festival programmer, where do I put this or that sort of thing? So I, I can see why that would be a gut reaction. You know, yeah. Especially oh, before you've even had a chance to... For yeah, sure. I, you know, if yeah, I, if I completely I understand that. Ten it. seconds of the film, we've been like, oh, what am I going to do with this? You yeah, know? yeah. No, uh, I think exactly. the fact that it's so short really played into our success as well. Because yeah. if we had tried to do this as a twenty-minute piece, yeah. it would have been a lot harder for festivals to go, oh, yeah. this is what we need. Because it's it, the fact that we're using you know fruits to tell the story, mm-hmm. it is a little weird. It's not experimental, but it's very different mm-hmm. because these characters aren't really alive in the world. It's not reality. It's a little absurd. And so since it was shorter, which wasn't on purpose, we realized this afterwards, since it was so short, it was easier for programmers to watch it. And as I I like to imagine it, almost like you were saying, like they're trying to figure it out and then it's over and it's like, oh my God, this story is great. Holy crap. And it's really Mm -hmm. short. I can put this anywhere. I can put this anywhere. You really can. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Well, maybe not a horror block. (laughs) Maybe not a horror block. uh, No, yeah. But you could put it before... Any drama, yes. yeah. any comedy. Yeah, we've yeah. we've opened some blocks, we've closed some blocks. I mean, it's such a kind of compact, mm-hmm. kind right. of well-rounded story. There's a real clear moment of resolution at the end of this. Yeah. And so at the end of a block of 90 minutes of various short films, it's really nice to have that moment of closure. And you leave kind of feeling really nice about the world, yeah. I think. And yeah. so for programmers, that's, that's definitely an attractive uh, proposition as well. Mm-hmm. So now, are you going to do more with these characters? Or, or you know, kind of what's next for you guys? Have you thought about that? Sure. Uh, with these characters, there aren't any specific plans with them as of yet. Right now, they're just enjoying the touring life mm-hmm. and uh, taking in as much of the celebrity feel that they can get. Uh, <laughs> 
don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'll let the viewers decide. Okay. There's not even viewers. There's people listening to I this. I know. I know. Oh, audience, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's getting all this just mixed up. Man, well, I'm in a place called a tease, yeah. and so you know, I just don't know how to take myself. Oh dear. Oh goodness. Anyway, uh, with these characters, no specific plans. Uh, right now, I'm I'm working on a script for a short film that. My wife and I are working on, uh, we're currently pitching to some people and hoping to get that going. And so I would like to create a longer piece. Now that we've done a short, short film, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to extend the time and try to like work on my longer form storytelling. You're talking like maybe 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, or, 15 okay. minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes at the most. Sure. Uh, I don't know that I have the patience yet to write a feature. Uh, but I definitely have some ideas for them, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm still working on my confidence as a writer, but we've got a concept that we're working out right now that I think will be really lovely and really touch the hearts of them all. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going in a slightly different direction. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have a company, Evening Squire Productions, and we have... Yeah, a couple more shorts, around the kind of 10-minute mark, I think. One looking at a more kind of creature build rather than a puppetry build, uh, a kind of dark psychological horror-type film that we're going to make in Maine, I think, next year. So still using some of the the, the tricks and the skills that we picked up from this one, um, but less less cute, I think. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, you know, a couple of other shorts and, and things, and I think... For the foreseeable future, doing the, the short film thing, unless unless someone pitches me a feature that you know, right, that's budget behind it. I mean, you know, nice. is, we're, we're all the same. Like <laughs> we say one thing, and then if a check shows up in the mail, I'm like, sure, I'll do that. Of course, <laughs> that's yeah. why I show up to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> nice to know you want to be here. That's it's talking nice. to us right now. <laughs> Well, that, this isn't my paying job. Oh, oh great. <laughs> I mean, my oh, this is a passion job. project. This Perfect. Is, oh. This is my fun. So you're making nothing. Right, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I make fulfillment in my heart. Yes. <laughs> See, that's what it's all about. But uh, when I go to work and I get that check at the end of the week, then uh, I love going there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's when the checks stop coming. Yes. When I, yeah. I'm not so happy. Yeah. Uh, luckily, that hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> 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 as uh, as independent filmmakers, I'm sure we've all had those moments where the check gets there eventually. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, Usually, yeah. Sometimes it's not for the amount agreed upon, and sometimes yeah. it's you it's, know six months later. It can be tough. Thirty day waiting periods can yeah. be tough. It's a uh, yeah. it's a complicated world out there. Yeah, we're all we're all just trying to do our thing, and yet we continue to do it day after day. Yeah. And, uh, you well, know, and I think when passion. you know we yeah. when we get to come to to festivals like this to meet audiences and programmers, it, yeah, you know, as as kind of cheesy as that sounds, it really does make it worthwhile to yeah. like know that our work is out there um, being seen. And we, you know, this is our tenth festival this year. We haven't been able to go to all of them, but the feedback that we get has still been, you know, really positive. And it does it does make those those early mornings and late right. nights and all of yeah. that worthwhile really well, absolutely I've, I've never it's so I've, I've part of my background is being a, a live performer mm-hmm. and that that feeling I get when I perform in front of an audience and hear them laugh or connect with an emotional moment that my character's having I've never felt with a video or, or a film that I've worked on and these festivals that's what's made it worth it worth you know yeah. the time that we spent is that 
we'd go to this festival and be with this huge crowd of people that are all connecting to these yeah. characters and this story that we've written. And it, like you said, as cheesy as it sounds, it fills my heart with so yeah. much pride and joy. Um, well, you know, one of the really must-haves when we started putting this film festival together was that we had to have the venue, you know, for the proper place people to see these films and appreciate them the way they should be appreciated. You know, that's why we're, we're really fortunate to have uh, collaborated with the Kew Garden Cinemas. It's a great place to see a movie. It's, I don't know if you know, it's, it's the only working art house theater in all of Queens. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's the last one. Yeah. So, you know, they keep it going, but uh, it's just a great place to see a movie. You know, it, it's as filmmakers, like seeing your movie that way, it, yeah. you know, that is the most important thing to us because, yeah. you know, we had been to some festivals uh, for, you know, projects that we had done and, you know, when it's up on a pop-up screen in the back room of a bar, you know, yeah, it's fun and it's great that an audience got to see it, but it, something about being in the theater. Ex- know, yeah, on my, yeah. Special. So we hope that when you guys screen this tonight, you, you'll have a great experience and, you know, I'm I'm sure we will, and I and I would say to any kind any people who are kind of interested in film, interested in cinema, like get out to these festivals, you know. And my 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 background is directing live theater, and so like David was saying, when when we start producing film and things on on screen, we're so used to putting it out on YouTube, and then people watch it on their phones, and that's about it. But to be there in an audience watching film on a big screen commute in, in that communal environment i think it, it elevates the experience and so yeah i hope people keep coming out to festivals and come out to this festival i mean everyone here has been so welcoming and so passionate Absolutely wonderful um and yeah we're gonna go and watch two or three blocks of films today right yeah we're um, really and for the rest of the week i mean yeah get like come out support these these festivals um yeah, we're, we're super happy at how receptive the community is here and, and how beautiful the Kew Gardens community is. So, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll be here again next year and then the year after that. And, uh, you know, maybe you guys will have more and more stuff for us. And that'd be oh, yeah. I too. hope so. Yeah. Any any chance to get back here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be looking forward to that. Well, mm-hmm. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. And I hope everybody can get out to see the pits this evening uh if not then uh you know maybe they can catch it online at a later uh, date or yeah festival. check us out uh facebook.com slash the pits film um we like i say this is our 10th festival this year we've got many more announcements coming up yep um and some it it, it made it into the new york international children's film festival uh best of fest tour so for 2018 it's going to be touring the country uh, kind of all over, potentially internationally as well, when I'm not entirely sure yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there'll be plenty of stuff on our Facebook on like where where you can catch this, where you can see it, and then uh, yeah, maybe we'll be there as well. Come out and say hi. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. You guys have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you too. <laughs>